Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Tuesday for those that are here live. For those that are here any day of the week, thanks so much for being here. We've been talking about this idea of sacrifice for a while. And the reason is because it's hard. If it was easy, it would be easy. Sacrificing is hard. But it's the pathway to our greatness. It's the pathway to our lives. That's how the world's set up. I think once we realize that, it gets a little easier. I think once you realize that sacrifice is the normal path to greatness, it gets a lot easier because you sort of expect it. No one comes to the gym and feels like, well, can you please, can I, is there a path I can take to grow my muscles without working out? No one goes to their physical bodies and like is mad at their body for gaining weight, even though they happen to have a donut every single morning. No one's like, really? Ridiculous. One of my kids is like this, by the way. One of my children is like mad at his body because it happens to gain weight after, you know, lots of binging. Not real binging, but you know what I mean. Like kids can't handle it. Like, why is it fair? Adults don't say that. Kids say that, by the way. If you listen to your children when they get to like that point where like they're starting to grapple with weight gain. I don't know if anyone's in that space where like it used to be that whatever they ate, they just sort of like burnt in the incinerator of youth. You know, you never like you ever watch children eat everything in sight and like it just all seems to like just get burnt up and then at some point it starts to turn you know what i'm talking about for some reason for some people it turns at like 11 for some people it turns at like 50 right those people usually when they're like in their 40s all their friends are looking at them like what are you eating how come you're not getting away like but it turns for everybody that feeling of like, I can't just eat whatever I want and it just all seems to magically evaporate. And when it does, there's like a sense of like, that's not fair. And then at some point you stop, stop getting upset at your body and you start recognizing that that's just this way the system works. You don't see people like losing faith in God because he created a world in which if you're having a corn muffin every single day, it's going to show. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't see people lose. They, they don't like, really? There's a God in the world? He creates stuff that tastes so good. And then I got to like work out it, work it off afterwards. It's because we take it as a given that the way the physical world works is that there are basic physical principles. The doctors didn't make it up. The doctor is just uncovering what God made. Doctors don't make science. They uncover science. They combine science. They discover science. They're very valuable, but they're not creating things. And at some point, we start to realize that if science says this is how it works, we sort of like settle in on it. And when you settle in on it, you can finally come to grips with it. That as much as I'd like to fight, if I don't, just take it that I'm going to have to sacrifice to be healthy, to be fit. 
there's no one to blame but myself. But when it comes to other things, we seem to not realize that. We assume that marriage just works. We assume that kids just raise themselves. We just assume that work just happens and clients are just happy. We assume that the way it's supposed to work in our worlds, that things are supposed to just sort of go in the way we want. And we don't, especially because it includes other people, we don't, we don't realize that it's the same path. It's sacrifice. That's, that's the currency. That's just how it works. And it's not a question of whether you'll sacrifice. You're going to sacrifice. We all sacrifice. The person who doesn't sacrifice their foods when they're young will sacrifice when they get older. Maybe they'll be the exceptions to the rules. But for the most part, for the most part, your body's going to sacrifice something somewhere. You're just going to choose. People that don't sacrifice for their relationships, they'll feel it later. Maybe not. Maybe they get lucky. Exceptions to the rules. But you see it sometimes. You see it sometimes. People that haven't invested in their relationships, then when they get older and they're waiting for the relationships to bear the fruit, the fruits don't seem to come in. And they're shocked. Yeah. When you don't plant, you're not going to harvest. You don't sacrifice people around you. They're not really going to sacrifice for you. And it's shocking for some people. Sometimes these are people that are community people. I got a close friend of mine whose father almost died in COVID. Almost died. Like I spoke to him. He said his father was, there was no statistical scientific reason why he's still alive except for the fact that his whole life was for the Jewish community. He lived in a whole life was for the community, his life. He breathed, he slept, he ate for the community. And when, when he went into that hospital bed, it's a close friend of mine, the community stepped up and prayed their hearts out. We did. And my friend said to me, in the hospital room with his dad, that they are 1 million percent sure that the only thing that saved their father was the prayer of the community. His father sacrificed for other people and the people knew it and loved him and prayed as if he was their father. I remember getting the, the, the news when this individual went to the hospital it's like someone punched me into this. I'm not even related to him. We sacrifice for others. It comes back. Life works that way. Life works that way. You don't sacrifice for what you believe in. It, it'll show. You see this in work all the time. All the time. People are just trying to get through the day. TGIF. It shows. And I'm not saying there aren't things that aren't fair. I'm not saying there aren't things that don't come in the wrong way. And I'm not saying good people don't get hurt. I don't know how God runs his world. But I can tell you this. When we embrace the challenge, when we are proactive in our lives, 
when we recognize that I know what I want to live for and my values, and I am willing to do what it takes to do it, even if it takes a sacrificing my comfort, my money, my time. And if I do it in a way that is strategic, because I'm trying to go deeper, we are living lives that are not that are at the very least going to be lives that will deliver for us, whether in a few years or a few decades. And where we ended up yesterday was this idea of royalty. What do I mean by that? In Hebrew, it's called malchus, royalty. What does it mean to be royal? What does it mean to be connected to this trait this spiritual trait of royalty. So when you, we don't have it, we have it today. We do. We just have it very differently. In the, in the model of yesteryear, every town had a king. I was talking to someone. Um, we, were, we were learning something together. And like there was like a, a line that said like there was like 38 kings. And the person's like, 38 kings? Like how are there so many kings? I'm like, that then that's how the world worked. Like there were... People didn't live in like multi-dynamic societies. You didn't, you didn't go to like towns and then cities and states. They lived in little, you know, areas where people had to protect each other and protect themselves. And they had mostly, if they could, a wall around the area or a border around the area. And people lived in very different societies back then. There was no real protection in between different areas. So each area had a, their own structure and they had their own kings. Today, a king is like a mayor. Right or like a governor, not even a governor. I think a governor is probably too big. New York is probably a, would have been a massive kingdom back in the times of antiquity, right? Like you know, mayors of towns were probably kings back then. We just had a little bit of a different infrastructure. So if you think of kingdom, right? I'm not going to make any right. I'm pleading the fifth on some of the comments that are coming in live. But there are definitely, without making any specific mentions of which I won't, because this show is not political. There are definitely po political, political, political officials, right, that would like to go back to the days of 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 kingdom, no question. But the idea of kingdom means that when you look at a kingdom, when you look at royalty. What you find is that the strength of the monarch is really based on the strength of the people around him. A strong king, especially in the, in the times of, you know, of, of antiquity, strong kings didn't have enough assets to maintain the control. They didn't have like a nuclear bomb. They didn't have more tanks. They relied on the will of their people. Their soldiers carried spears and knives and bats. So whoever had more people were the ones that had more power. So kingdoms were really based on the will of the people around them or the ability to subjugate them. The trait of kingdom, the trait of royalty is the trait of unity. When you were part of a monarch, you felt like you were part of something more than yourself. 
you felt like you were, you had, your life had more meaning than the farm that you were on or the cows you were milking or the, the water you were drawing from the local well. Your life meant more. There was a focal point in the middle of your area. There was a flag that you looked up to every day. If you were part of the royal family, if you were part of the royal kingdom, then you were wearing the garb, if you will, that included the, the signia of the royal of royalty. Back then, royalty wasn't just a wasn't just political science, wasn't just government. It was emotionality. It was being part of something bigger than yourself. It was recognizing that your existence mattered because your existence was able to be blended into the larger existence of the, of the monarch. The trait of royalty is the trait of the ability that we need, we have and then we need to take who we are, to take our ability to sacrifice and to direct it towards causes and things that are beyond ourselves. Because when I am able to bring myself to something beyond myself and subjugate myself to something else, I find a piece of myself that could never have been realized when I was living for myself. We live in a world today where you can live for yourself, like literally, you can live in an apartment and never see anybody if you choose to. You can live in a home, you can live in the country, you can live somewhere if you choose and never need anybody. Order everything online, get all your entertainment online, live in the screen that's in front of you. And your entire existence really is just the service of self. You could be sitting in a family with a dozen children and be living to yourself. We, we have the option today. Didn't have the option back then. You couldn't live alone back then. Society didn't work like that. I don't think you had the option two generations ago. You lived with people. You, you didn't have conversations unless seeing a human being with your eyes mostly. But society today doesn't give, gives you a different level of, uh, of life. We can live alone. And you're seeing the impact of it. For all the technology that we have, you're seeing a much, a much sadder society today. Happiness rates are inverse than what they should have been. With all of what we have entertainment-wise, luxuries that we have for everybody that people couldn't have dreamed of just a few years earlier, society, even with the whole thing with the virus, let's just go pre-virus. Society today is the most materialistic, the most open society ever, and even with all the injustice that still exists. It pales in comparison to the injustice that existed decades ago. Look at any minority and compare their lives today then, then, then compare it 50 years ago. It pales. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm not saying we can't keep on rooting it out. It pales. Justice. 
kindness, opportunity. It's about opportunity. There was a time once that you had to wait online to get the lowest level job. I mean, you can theoretically educate yourself online and get jobs across. I'm not saying it's easy for everybody. With all that society has to offer us, why aren't we like drunk with happiness? With all that's available to us, why don't we have a society that is like bulletproof? Why does our society feel like it's even more fragile? Our grandparents lived in a fragile society, but yet we feel more fragile than they do. Why? Our great-grandparents lived in a much more difficult existence. Yet we feel like we're sadder than they, than they are. They were. They were happier than us. Why? So one main reason is because of this. It's because of the trade of royalty. It's because we were born spiritually to be part of people around us. We were born to be connected to a cause, to be connected to human beings. We were born, the way our soul operates is that it knows at its core, that if it's alone, not if it's alone physically, if it's alone spiritually, if it's self-interested, if it spends its entire day on digesting things for itself, if it refuses to sacrifice for others, then it is not living to its fullest potential. The underlying feeling that exists that leads to all of a lot of this the, these emotional stuff that we all go through and you're seeing this by the way we're not going to get into it now yesterday I had a conversation with an educator and he was explaining to me that what's happening to his students because of this virus and people being apart and the whole thing and they shut down schools for so long and he said his kids are developmentally delayed because kids need each other and they need things that they have like schools and clubs and games and they need to be part of something bigger than themselves. And because these kids are growing up in their formative years, it's amazing. And they had a break in that for a long period of time. They're delayed because our soul delays its growth when we stop focusing on things beyond ourselves, Because of the core, a lot of what we're building for the past months is our, for sure, for sure, better delayed than anything else. But the, the spiritual trait stays the same. A lot of what we're building for the past months is the ability for us to sacrifice for others. It's the recognition that the only path that I have, the only path that I have that will lead me to true meaning and purpose is a path in which I am willing to take myself 
and give myself to something bigger than myself. That's the, to me, and we'll end with this for today, but I, cause I want to delve into this with you. To me, that's the, that's the part of it. That's sort of counterintuitive. This sort of is one of the core pieces that is the, it's the opposite for the physical and the spiritual. The physical, the physical mind inside us says, amass, take care of yourself, survive. The spiritual side of ourselves says, share. You're not going to survive if you're focused on yourself. And that's what we're up to. The idea of royalty. There's no king without a nation. And there's no nation without a king. And our ability to recognize that there is something bigger around us that we need to tap into in order to find the truest and the deepest piece of ourselves. All right, we'll, call, we'll talk about this. Think about this for today. Think about what are the things that you're willing to sacrifice for? Relationships, causes, nations, people, ideals. Are there things in your life that you're willing to sacrifice for? Because those are the things that are what we would call your points of royalty. All right, we'll talk about it. Have an incredible day. And with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow.